Welcome back to the City of a Thousand Trades, uh, the podcast hosted by myself, Dixie. I'm here with the third episode on the podcast. So just introduce yourself for the viewers. Uh, so I am I'm Johnny. Um, I'm a full train actor, uh, but I do not follow any of those passions. That's what you do with a uni degree. You uh, you wait on it for a few years. You know, it's like a good um, a good wine. I'm probably in that breathing stage at the moment, just seeing what's out there. Um, but at the moment, I'm just doing, uh, I'm working as a receptionist at a hotel. I'm born and bred a Brummie. Uh, lived here all my life, apart from when I actually went off to uni, which was in North Wales. Uh, and it wasn't as fun as, as Birmingham, let's put it. How did it compare? So it, it's, it's, a, it's a different feel completely because when I first actually went there to, to look at the uni itself I um I remember thinking because it was such a nice day like this was a really crisp summer day got the train over there any any people from Wrexham uh, out there you'll know that when you're coming from Shrewsbury to Wrexham you actually go across the, an, an old aqueduct uh, and you can see the other aqueducts and it's crazy to see that because you see it right at the start of the valleys as yeah, well. Yeah, I, I remember getting the train up to visit you when you was there Man, a few it's times. It's a sight, isn't it? It is cool, isn't it? It's really like cool. It. There's actually some really cool history just in that itself, but I'm not going to go into that. Now tell us. Well, they used to use a lot of it for, obviously, mines back in the day. So there was uh, obviously loads of mines in north of Wales and uh, and in the valleys and stuff. These, they made the aqueducts uh, to like transfer them on canal boats, uh, which is probably bound down to Birmingham. To be fair, you know, taken back down to London as well. Blah blah blah. Um, What's the famous saying? The famous Brummie saying. Do you know it? I do know it. There's uh, more more canals in Birmingham than there is in Venice, mate. So yeah. uh, you just sit on that. Remember <coughs> that when you're next here. Not to sound pedantic, but it's not fully true. There's more miles of canal in Birmingham yeah. than there is in Venice. It's not like surface. Yeah, you know, just in case someone hasn't been here and they're like, oh, what? I didn't know Birmingham was on yes. war as well. Yeah. Um, it's not at all. But they're, like, it's weird how hidden the canals are. They're like, yeah. they're like alleys. There, you know? there's, um, there's where I used to live in Marsh Hill, uh, around near Marsh Hill, the gully around the back of ours is really reminiscent of like an old aqueduct and I think it, I mean not aqueduct, sorry, um, canal. canal yeah. And I think it was like an old canal at originally point. at some point, but obviously disused now. And you kind of find that around Birmingham. I love it, man. There's loads of stuff in Birmingham as well. Actually, well, I'll go on to that, but just uh, to get back on track, the difference between living in the city and then going to such a small town was quite nice because obviously I saw all of this in the sun and the shine and everything was just so nice and I remember thinking man this this will be a nice change you know especially for studying as well that's what I was thinking like you know I'll get my head down I like there won't be much partying going on here I'll just get my degree how <laughs> was wrong I was no how wrong I was man how wrong I was and like the town itself isn't too bad but once you've lived there a year, you've kind of lived there, you know. There's not much more you can find. Like, I think I thought, found a few different places, but I ended up living there for, like, four years, you know. So I'm pretty well connected around, like, the streets of uh, Wrexham, mm -hmm. you know, knowing where I'm going and stuff. It's small. It's it is very small, man. Like, uh, you can walk it all in about an hour, like, mm -hmm. the whole town. And, 
you know, that's not even half the journey to town here, like from Erdington usually. So it was a difference and like it was more peaceful, I guess. Mm -hmm. But I'm not that sort of person, so it didn't work for me. Still partied. Yeah, so I still partied quite a lot and, you know, found myself very much trying to find stuff to do. And uh, coming back to Brum was just like a godsend you know it's like i got my life back a little bit you're saying it was one of those where like you how did they say you didn't know what you had till it was gone until it was gone literally and i remember actually talking to my brother about that before i'd left for uni i remember saying to him you know i'm only like 19 when i left i remember saying like oh birmingham's got nothing now like i've seen everything i've been everywhere and it's like oh mate you really haven't i remember him saying that to me and he was right he was so right because when i started coming back i started going to different clubs that you know had either just opened or no one had figured it out back then you know but had been doing it all going to these clubs all the time since i'd been gone these four years you know so it's kind of nice to come back to birmingham after that time and almost rediscover it what's your favorite club of all time Oh, my favourite club of yeah. all time. Hmm. We talk, I talked one, in in one of the other episodes mm. um, with Cam. It was mm. the, it was the, the episode with him. He was saying about old snobs quite a lot. I do um, love old old snobs, and don't get me wrong. Like old snobs was, you knew what you was getting from that night. You know, you knew it was going to be a good night. Everyone was on the same level, basically. There was pretty good uh, music as well. Um, we we carried on talking about it after we after we stopped recording or when we was wrapping up and stuff. Um, I can't remember how, but we, he was telling me about uproar as well. Oh yeah, uproar. So, <laughs> I've never been. I've never been. <laughs> I've been, bro. I've been four times, <laughs> and I've been kicked out every time. <laughs> Tell us the funniest one. Oh, well, probably the funniest one was. Um, <laughs> I think this was the first time I ever got kicked out. And it was early in my career of going out to clubs as well. I think this is, uh, I probably went before I went to uni to Uproar. And um, <laughs> I remember it was a pretty wild night, actually. There was, do you, do, did you, do you ever meet the guy who's in town and he dances like Michael Jackson? Did he always chill by Six. Uproar? Because I didn't ever go to Uproar. Now, usually when I saw him, he was usually around the ballring area, like outside near the bowling. Was outside, he white, black Asian? Uh, black, black guy. Um, was he tall? Was he really big? Really tall, really like skinny. Basketball? Or was yeah. it a basketball? Yeah, yeah, bro. Uh, yeah, and, and sometimes he'd be on about basketball, but sometimes he'd like dance and yeah. spin around and do the Michael Jackson like, hee hee. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, know? you know what? I, I, know, I know his story. I've been told oh, yeah. by someone who knows him. Um, I won't go into it just because I don't know if it's something yeah, him or the family yeah. or his friends would want to be told, you know. But it's actually quite sad. Is it? Um, and yeah, and to be honest, I can't remember every detail of it, so I wouldn't want to get it wrong. Mm-hmm. But from what I remember, like it's, it's quite sad. Like he was like a really nice young bloke and a, and a good basketball player. Um, to be fair, he had an accident basically, and then that's that's, that's how it. he is now. But like anyway, <laughs> he was there at the start of this night. And we'd just come out of the uh, Weatherspoons, uh, Square Peg it was, we come out of. And he was dancing there in the rain, like, just going like, hee hee. And, like, people yeah. were, like, going mad, you know, they were loving it. And, like, he like he seemed like he was loving it. We thought he was just a drunk guy at the time, you know. He, he, that's what you just think. But 
we went on in the night <laughs> when we ended up going to uproar it was a really like very booze filled night they do like their drinks over there and it was a great atmosphere but the bouncers are assholes there man and like they were really like they're very like they were the bouncer bouncers do you know what i mean take their job way too seriously like start patting you down before you've even gone in the place before you've even said hello you know want a bit of drama yeah what they want the drama yeah that sort of thing but i did mess up to be honest and i i uh i went for some went out to get some money at one point because uh, this was back in the days of like trying to take out 20 pound every now and then and seeing if that would last you the night which it never did <laughs> so you'd have to go to a cash point and uh <laughs> And I, so we went to go and do that, came back, and I'd just finished off my fag. They were waiting, my mates were waiting for me though. So I dabbed it out on, I just thought it was the wall, you know, as we was going back in. But it turned out it was the front door of the, the place, and I just dabbed my fag out on it. And all of, I feel, of the club? Of the club. And all I feel is like my arm, like, go back and like <laughs> almost like dislocate like from before you realised someone's hands on you you're yeah, like, yeah. Arm oh moving? fuck yeah oh, <laughs> Jesus man that really hurts and this guy like drags me outside and the guy who'd done it was like this really small bold like bodybuilder you know sort of typical bouncer like and he's like what do you think you're doing mate do you think you own the place or something and I'm like oh, what, what do you mean man like I just walked in like I, I've already paid my entry and he's like what uh, dabbing your fags out on the door now like so disrespectful so rude and everything we started arguing you know like was his bouncer friends there though yeah loads of his bouncer friends find out that this guy's name was like Taz or something that was his nickname but yeah fuck that guy he's an <laughs> asshole he's the one who uh, also kicked me out the next four times I went there. <laughs> oh, really? You really yelled a Yeah, we had a bit of a, a bit of a beef, to be honest. We might reach him one day, so if you, if yeah. we do, what's your message? Give him one. Give, him, give Taz a message to his friends. Well, just chill out, man. You know, like, everyone's out to have a good time, yeah. Like, one of the times, yeah, my bad, actually. I'm going to say that now. The bin did not need to be thrown, yeah. We'll just leave was it that at a that. Time? This was a different time. Emotions were high that night, <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, yeah, but, like, you know, don't take your job so seriously, mate. You know, li- live, live life a little, enjoy it. Right, there you go, you've heard it. So if anyone knows the bouncer, Taz, yeah. Try and get him to listen to this and, and hear Johnny's message for us. Cheers. Um, just want to touch on where we was going earlier, talking about canals. Oh, yeah. I, li- I really like... Uh, I wanted to come back to this, actually, so I'm glad you brought it back up. Um, but I really like the the mystery of Birmingham, almost. I didn't know if you knew this, but That's Birmingham true. actually has a bomb shelter built underneath the city from World War Two, like a an old secret bomb shelter that Churchill built I think it was Churchill or something like that and there's loads of like little connections from to the surface still around and like loads of spelunkers go down and urban explorers go and explore these these tunnels that are just abandoned now and there's like a lot of similar things within Birmingham that I like that like we've found uh that park near you and it and it's just behind everything right next to the hospital and it's huge, it's beautiful. Yeah, but you, you know, know you wouldn't know there. it was there. Yeah. And the only reason we found that was Google Maps and we was like, Oh, there's a green bit. We should go and check that out. You know, massive park, who knew? True, true. And the and the canals are very much like that. You know, you'll be walking along 
and we've been doing it a few times where we'll go for a walk ourselves take some photos and stuff and you just you can get lost in it you know of just like oh we'll go down this one and then we'll go down here like there's that really good walk from millennium point i think it is back through aston uh past the villa ground it's funny you say about the bomb shelter thing like i, di- I didn't know that and it's mm. it's interesting like i'm definitely like gonna get into a rabbit hole later <laughs> looking at that um but talking of just in general of in the war and bunkers mm. i'm thinking at some point i'm gonna get my nan to agree to be a guest on this yeah, yeah so she was alive well i think she was born the year the war ended or the year before i, mm. I can't remember i'll double check but i remember her talking about like because obviously her mom and everyone would have known about going in the bunkers mm. i mean it would be interesting from her point of view i just just you bringing up your nan reminded me uh my my granddad slept above one of the world war Two bombs a house was built over a an unexploded bomb oh um, really yeah yeah and like it only actually got like found out a few years ago it was like maybe like 2009 or something it was like like more modern day like after he'd lived there moved on someone else has lived there whoever else god knows who you know and like four different families could have lived there and like no one knew sleeping under a bomb was that the one that was like recently a few years ago i don't i don't know how recent it was but i remember my dad being like oh bloody hell like yeah like, yeah I, like, I think i remember this and because it, it was around king standing I, I think yeah yeah and they had to lock off was it was you in university these times maybe yeah i don't know i can't i really honestly can't remember i just remember my dad saying that and if, i was like that's nuts if it is the one i'm thinking it was like by the aston expressway yeah maybe yeah but that like, really that, sounds familiar yeah. yeah they had to like lock it all off mm. and i remember i got stuck in really bad traffic going home oh um, really this is back when i lived up sort of king standing oh, right, uh, yeah, yeah. Bush and like honestly all the roads everywhere were just manic <laughs> because there was only like one road out, out apparently it's still alive it was like still active like could yeah. have went off at any point any so god god knows how anyone built a house on top of it <laughs> do you know what i mean there's roads all round by there that's, yeah. that's the thing it was like a how does that happen i know i mean i don't know if it was actually his house because i think they didn't release the house that he was he was under but it was definitely the road that he was on yeah i, I yeah. mean it would have been bigger than that i think mm. like it was pretty bigger but by the sounds of it that's why they had to stop the whole expressway yeah, it was crazy man. so i don't think it was under just one house oh really it was an area it was an area from uh, from what i remember we're gonna have to look it, it was up a, it was a bad it was a bad bomb i remember that yeah. it was a like a, a nasty one actually towards the end of the war that they dropped that do you do you know any ghost stories mate of Birmingham, <laughs> I know one. Yeah. <laughs> I know the one that you're, you're, you do. You know the same one. The telephone box. Uh, ah, I thought you were going to go on train station on Station Road. That's the one that I was going to say. That's okay. the one that I was going to say. Take it away. Tell the story. Okay, so there's a really famous urban le- legend around Erdington. Uh, that near the train station, that this phone box isn't there anymore. Yeah, young people won't know no, the story no, or no. even understand it. No, Maybe but... It, depending on how young. Honestly, I think it got knocked down when I was in secondary school and they put that that horrible statue outside the uh, <laughs> the train station. Like, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, apparently, 
down the road there is a, a it's quite quite horrible really the story I know we're laughing but I know yeah know, if it actually did happen you know like it's very very sad um, but basically this woman's house was burning down and her, her kids were inside or something like that so she ran down to the phone box and phoned the fire station but the the phone box wasn't working or something like that so she ran back to try and save her kids and ended up dying and ever since that day, she's haunted the uh, phone box with multiple fit people saying that there's a woman like really stressed out inside the phone box with like on the phone asking for help. And whenever anyone would approach her, she'd like burst into flames and just like kind of melt away. And like people would be like, did I just see that? you know <laughs> yeah. but like there's been multiple people who have said that they've seen this you yeah know? There, there actually is like and if, it's, if you're not believing this give it a quick google uh station road phone box haunting erding tunnel or something, <laughs> yeah, something like, like that. that you'll get it do you think ghosts are real <laughs> um <laughs> no i don't i don't think ghosts are real like i think humans have some form of spirit or soul mm-hmm do you reckon um, they can latch on to a place, you know, like if something terrible like that did happen? I'm not saying yeah, definitely, mm. but I'm also not saying no way. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's one of them, how, how would I know? You know what I mean? You could say the science for it and whatever, but I'm not the scientist and I can't, <laughs> like, my brain can't process that proof, so I'm just like... Maybe, yeah. I'm not like, do you know what I mean? And yeah. it, ma- it makes reading fiction more fun then. Because right, I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, cool. I'll just believe it, you know. But I, I'm not like one of these people that are like, yeah. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, all this sort of stuff. I've, mm. I've had like my tarot cards read, but I, I wouldn't say I believe in that. Yeah. But I've had it happen just for the experience. And, mm. you know, I'm just, I have an open mind. What about you? See, I'm, I have this theory, right? And it kind of goes into anything mythological, anything sort of a legend, any religion sort of thing. Is it? Is it everything's got a root? Yeah, basically? I think everything has some sort of semblance of truth, but either with time or with whoever's telling the story in the first place have bent it to either being the, the viewpoint or, you know... Uh, it's just misunderstood, being misunderstood as time's gone on, you know. So, like, a dragon could have been a thing, like, way, way back in the day. But, like, the whole fire breath could have been, like, some sort of acidic spit, you know. And that's what, but it burns people. Yeah, there was you a, know? I, I listened to a thing, I'm, I'm sure it was Joe Rogan. Um, I can't remember the guest's name. Where he was saying, like, that saying that dragons could be real if they was like if they had the bones of birds because there wouldn't mm. be fossils of them or so, or something like that. Yeah. I don't know how that's true because dinosaurs were birds. I think it's something to do with the, type the cartilage, of cartilage yeah. yeah, if they can fly or something like it's, that. Or, I think it's like the build of the cartilage because obviously bone bone is like cartilage anyway, but it's like a tougher, more resistant yeah. sort of material I he, guess. He explains like, it better, he's the expert. I, I think what? the the idea is that but Bird bones is more like you, the cartilage in your nose, which obviously when you die and everything rots away, that rots away with it, but the skull doesn't. 
because it's made out of a different cartilage. I mean, I'm I, like you said, I'm no scientist, but I think Some, that's how it goes. Yeah. Like, let us know if, yeah. <laughs> if it's not. Yeah. You know, I'm sure people will. People are angry these days. <laughs> yeah, don't 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 at us uh, for our poor science. What do you think about cancel culture in, cancel in culture. general? And try and relate it to Birmingham. So, like, do you think it's it's different here than everywhere else in the world? Or no, it's... the UK or. It's one of those things. I mean, I don't know if this can be counted as cancel cancel culture, but it's it reminds me of. Do, do you know that statue um, near the uh, near the new library and that whole bit there? Mm, and it's I don't the, know the statue. Well, it's a it's a family statue. It's a uh, two women holding the hands of two two kids and they're like you know they're a gay couple basically okay and when they've released that there was a lot of controversy of obviously about like you know whether or not these people sh- should like this should be shown uh, or depicted like this you know who's saying that about religious you know, groups and stuff. yeah religious groups and stuff like that and people saying like you know we don't want this to represent birmingham but like this is the thing i don't know if you can ca- count that as cancel culture because of them trying to get this, get rid of this statue, but it is that whole sort of thing of like how ridiculous, you know, over such a petty, something so stupid, you know. I mean, it's art at the end of the day, and art yeah. is depicted in any which way you want it to be. And if you don't like that sense of art because of the message it's telling, you know, don't look at it, man. You know, don't look at it. You know, just you don't have to like take it personally. I, I did want to say as well, just with that whole cancel culture thing as well, it's very much uh, any any sort of cancel culture is opinionated, you know, at the end of the day. So once you start cancelling one thing, you do have to look at the, the side of like cancelling, well, you can't have your say then, you know, it's all about free speech, I guess, at the end of the day, and whether or not you, you know, I'm a very much big believer in, I feel like anyone should have their say, yeah, I agree. When's when's the last time that happened to you, someone? When's the last time? Because uh, it's good to laugh about. To mm. be fair, um, what's the last time when someone like said something racist to you? Because you know how like some some white people do that. Like they just assume yeah. you're racist. And... Yeah, all the time, man. Like it actually happens to me quite a lot, um, and has happened quite a lot within like workplaces. You know, so it's like when you're with that that other white person and they're just like they think that you're okay with it because you're a cool guy you know yeah uh, and like oh yeah he's pretty laid back you know he'll be cool with me saying this and it's just kind of like i'm not though and you have to like make it known by like just not paying attention to it so you get a lot of stuff like i'm i'm really not a massive fan of like misogynistic talk you know of like guys just basically being like oh yeah like Baps and like arse and you know all of it like I just like whatever man like does it make you uncomfortable? It does make me uncomfortable. Yeah, it does make me uncomfortable. And I do think at the end of the day, like, have you got nothing funner to talk about? You know, it's that same sort of thing in my for me. For me, it's okay. But there's a there is an exaggeration. Like Mm. there's a line. Like some people, like they're overcompensating. You know. Yeah. But I think you get that. You get that in a lot. Well, it's it's. I'm more saying it in a sense of like, so if it was me and you chatting and having a joke, we know what we we are actually like and what we're about because we're really good friends, you know. Mm-hmm. But like when you're in a workplace, 
you know, and you don't know these people very well, and you're not seeing them like all the time, and you don't know if they you're are with them because you have to. You're, not you're you with want them because you yeah because you have to, and so when they're telling these sort of jokes, I'm doing the uh, speech marks here, inverted you know, commas, inverted yeah. commas. Um, you know, when they're telling these jokes, uh, you know, they honestly, I, I just find it hard to think like you're okay with saying this in front of me. You know, this is the sort of person you are, and I don't even know you very well. So I'd hate to know what the, the sort of things that you do say to people who you only want that to hear. You know. Yeah. Do you ever take the stance of, like, do you ever get mad? Uh, I've only had to say things a few times to people. Um, a lot, and I'm not saying like I am some like warrior for people's rights and everything. Like a lot of the time, I just let people be. You know, if they want to say that sort of thing, like, I'm not going to call them out on it or anything. One, because it makes it very awkward just in general. And two, it's also kind of not my my fight, I guess. You know, like, I don't want to... I think that a lot of people are entitled to think crazy as mm. long as they don't preach it onto me in any way. And I, yeah. I feel that way about a ton of stuff, man. Yeah. Like, I feel like that way about religion. I'm not even, like... 100 million percent closed-minded to the idea of god mm. but i don't believe in religions and it's fine if you follow it and you mm. you find something in that for you i think that's great and yeah. like i sort of encourage it and i, mm. I think i think most religions are definitely like at their core have like really good values, values and traditions to teach like yeah, at the heart of it so that they're, they're good for the community but don't preach it onto me like mm. i wanted to ask you do you think you will always stay in birmingham um well to be honest like obviously a lot of friends family are here that's a big thing that's keeping me here at the moment um i do like the idea of moving somewhere else and going to like living in a different country you know it sounds quite exotic sometimes you know as an, an adventure in itself i'm very much about that uh like trying new things and seeing new places and i think that would be a very like interesting lesson life lesson to learn to go somewhere where you don't know anyone you know and i've always really respected people who have done that you know like immigrants and stuff like people like that who have gone somewhere where they don't know anyone else and they have to basically build a new new life for themselves is there any immigrants in your family there is yeah actually my nan my nan moved here from germany um with my my granddad after the war um and uh yeah so you know like i know for a fact it was quite difficult for her especially being german and right after world war Two, uh and coming to live in this country i know she got a lot of prejudice she was she was a nurse um back in the day and you wouldn't believe it but people would, would refuse her like she was a head nurse you know she was quite high up and um and like people would refuse her to 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 see her it's it's sad to say as well because like I, i'm very proud to say that my my family my german side of the family were mainly rebels during world war Two, and they've done a lot to like undermine uh hitler's regime um uh, i know for a fact that my nan's uncle actually got caught by the gestapo in the end and was taken to a camp and killed there uh because he used to 
I think he used to like blow up trains or something like that with ammo on it. Really? Yeah, like that's no, cool. That is so cool. When my nan told me that, I was like, "What?" <laughs> she was like, "Yeah, she went to the camp that he got taken to in the end." She was like, "I know it as well because she remembers him getting taken." Um, who's who's the number one brummy you'd like to see on here? Uh, so it, it has to be for myself uh, the legend himself, uh, Tolkien, and. Uh, the man who wrote The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. I just think his work and his, you know, um, his just whole, he's just so clever, you know. I, can, I like, I really admire uh, the, his ability to, like, not only just make a whole world, but, like, fill it with languages and such life and events and have give this whole history and, like, almost being like a cornerstone in my knowledge of like one of the first people to do that sort of storytelling. Did you ever go to um, one of those, I used to go to some, I don't know what they're called. I think it's called J.R.R. Tolkien Day or Tolkien mm. Day. Mm. Um, do you know where Sarah Hall Mill is? It's not far from where you live to be fair, ridiculously far. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a park there called the Shire and basically mm. he lived by there. So it is Mosley, I believe. Um, and he lived there, and it's where he based a lot of the stuff on. So yeah. Sarehole Mill gave him the idea for the Hobbit, and he used to play with his friend. And every year, um, they have a, a Tolkien day there. So I guess they're having this year, or last year, because well, of Corona. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like um, there's people there in like suits of armour. Have you been? Uh, see, well, it's funny you should say this, because uh, I, I've never been there, and I didn't know you'd also been there, because my my partner... She she really does not like Lord of the Rings at all, and but she's been to that. Her, her dad's taken her to that, and I don't know anything about it. I didn't even know until she told me about that, and uh, I was so jealous. And she was like, "Yeah, didn't even like it though. I didn't get it. Like, there's just loads of people like running around with like fake beards on and like weird ears and stuff." <laughs> It's like you're just so ungrateful. Yeah, it's just... cool because it's outside and everyone. <laughs> yeah. It is a bit geeky, but like oh, man, I, I love, love it. I'd love that. I would. I'm, we'll have to go when, when things when are normal. Things are normal again. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do I it. Could, I'd really enjoy that. I remember doing um like I was really little. I remember because I remember having like an ice cream. I was like, mm. you know, maybe eleven, twelve, mm. um, and I was like doing archery and stuff there. Yeah, like yeah. you know, it's pretty fun. Like we'll go. We'll take some cans in or yeah, something. Yeah, you should. Yeah. yeah. I was supposed to ask you as well, and I forgot, so I'll ask now. Do you have any questions for me? I've got a few questions for you, actually. A few? You yeah, get a, li- a little bit, yeah. Um, I'm mainly interested in, like, what have you got in store? Like I said in a, in a episode previous, it's literally just me going around <laughs> meeting people from Birmingham. Um, I'm going to try and get my nan. I already said that, so I'll leave that as it is. Um, apart from that, I've got I've got some people that I want to reach out to, um, but for me I'm looking forward to getting the strangers on, mm. who I don't know and I can like really get to know them. Yeah, you know, because yeah. at, at the moment it's just me chatting with my mates, but I think there's there's more to come from me meeting everyone, mm. and and giving everyone a voice. You know, oh, yeah. it's interesting, like, because we've actually been listening. I've I've just been listening uh, just before this recording. Uh, to the other guys' ones. And what I really enjoy about them is find things out that maybe we didn't know before, you know, and just f- 
finding out about other people's lives as well. I'm, I'm very much a sucker for that sort of, like, viewing, you know, just nonsense, but also quite interesting. Um, and, like, makes you think about other points of view and, you know, just other sides of life and other where other people live. So, yeah, I, I've really enjoyed them so far. I look forward to more.